Hello, everyone. Welcome to Life and Leadership with Kim Williams. Today's conversation is going to be a fun one. So I want you to grab your coffee or tea. I want you to get comfortable, get out pen and paper for notes, because we're going to talk about how to maintain a healthy lifestyle with a busy schedule. So today I'm here with my friend, Tamara Williams. So join me in welcoming Tamara to the podcast. Hi, Tamara. Hey. So excited to have you. Okay, so first I'm going to introduce Tamara. So I met Tamara when when we were in our neighborhood and they started a women's walking group. And so we started walking together. She kind of had to slow down her walk to be with me, but that was cool. Um, (laughs) But we started walking together and we just clicked. Um, What I like about Tamara is that she is a quiet force. Her presence just draws you in. She's the kind of person that you go to when you get frustrated and you don't really even just have to talk. You can just sit in her presence first and just take in her peace. And then when you do talk, she has this calm, kind, thoughtful, and wise response awaiting you. Um, She's known in my friend group as the regal one because she just has this grace about her. (laughs) Um, I think one of the things that I love most is just, again, her ability to have balance, which is one of the things I aspire to, um, and um, just have this calm, healthy lifestyle. So I've talked a little bit about what I know and love about Tam, but I want Tam to tell you about herself. Um, so let why don't you do that? Tam, introduce yourself. Yes, Tamara. My friends that know and love me call me Tam, which is one of my favorite nicknames. <laughs> and um, I'm in the insurance industry, right? So I'm a sales consultant. I work with um, the leadership team here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And I love that. Being in insurance, we get all kinds of crazy things that happen that we have to help our teams manage. So that's like my eight to five life. And then after that, in the, in the spirit of balance, my passion, what springs me out in the bed in the morning is to be a catalyst for others, right? As it pertains to um, allowing life to be a lovely experience. Life is hard. Things are challenging. How can we, as Kim says, incorporate this kind of self-care and loving others into a lovely exchange of what I pour into you, you pour into me. And there has to be a balance in how you express yourself, how you engage others, and how you really exchange with the world. And I'm a passionate about that in every environment in our lives. So I love this. So tell me a little bit more about this concept of the lovely exchange. Tell me a little bit where that came from and then, you know, how you live that out. Well, I would say it's it's been a study. You know, we always say people are always like, what do you want to do with you when you grow up? And Kim, you're like this. We're good at a lot of things. And I, th- I think as women, you have to be, <laughs> yeah. you have to be multifaceted, right? And so I realized that the way I express myself, I'm I'm quirky. I'm different. I feel like Kim is very composed and I think she's regal. I'm very quirky. I'm from Austin, Texas, where we keep it weird. And so I believe very, very strongly that how we express ourselves is unique to us. Mm. And we lean into that is when how we engage in the world and our unique gifts and talents. Um, and I think so much, so many times we're looking at because we see so many examples on social media of what, what this person does. Well, I'll try that. Well, I'll do that. Try that. Well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm quirky and I'm a catalyst. People are different as a result of being being around me. And that is important to me. But when I leaned into that and got that, it helped me to understand that. Mm-hmm. I was helping someone with the interview prep and they were sharing with me the answers to some of the interview questions ahead of time. And then they said, do you think they'll like it? 
I'm like, because I want to make sure I get the job. I said, how is this different than your your five-year-old? If they say, I want to say this and I'm going to do this to make sure they're friends with me. You wouldn't let your five-year-old do that. Why are you going to pimp yourself out, man? You got yeah. the skills and talents. Get in there and do your thing. And, and, and let, show up the way you can show up authentically. Don't try to manipulate the environment. That's what gets us in trouble. So I'm passionate about that because I, love I struggled it. in all three of those areas. I love it. I love, you know, it, it's one of those things where <laughs> I, I think that we don't understand the weight mm-hmm. of walking around inauthentically. Mm-hmm. Life is hard enough without adding this extra layer. You know, we both live in Texas and it's like, Walking around in the summer with a coat on would make your average walk miserable. You know, it would yeah. make it miserable. But yet that's what we do spiritually. We walk around with an extra layer that's not us. And then we wonder why we're miserable. Yes. You know, so I think that that go that's so true of, you know, what you're saying about authenticity and about being able to bring your full self into spaces and what that does to free you. But also by by doing that, it's like that poem that we're talking about. It also frees others. So I'm so excited to talk to you about this today. So let's get talking. (laughs) All right. So. For those that are new to this podcast, we break it down into three parts. It's the talk, the testimony, and the tips. So we'll start with the talk, which I like to be a little bit academic in that I like to kind of look at some of the um, studies around the topic. So today we're talking about balance and stress and the workplace. So um, there's a study in the on women and stress from the Cleveland Clinic website that says oftentimes women spend more time meeting the needs of others rather than nurturing their own needs. And if functioning uh, functioning at high stress levels, women don't always recognize what their needs are. And as a result of having these high stress environments, women are more prone to have things like weight gain, heart disease, high blood pressure, and digestive issues um, that disproportionately affect women that have a stressful career. So of course, this podcast, Life and Leadership, is about women who lead. And often I see this in the workplace. I just talked to a a client of mine this week who um, literally went to the emergency room Monday night. She was having a panic attack um, as a result of a very stressful meeting that took place um, earlier in the day. So I want to kind of think about that as we're moving forward. And but first, I want to ask you, Tamara, are you surprised at all by the article and how stress impacts health? Like, is that surprising to you? Oh, my gosh, no. Some of the things that you called out in that that article about the fact that we have higher digestive issues, we have higher issues. And as I was looking at your research, I was I, I did some as well. And they said mm-hmm. we're nurturers by nature. And so think about it. If from eight to five, you're nurturing the people around you, you're working with your clients or whoever, if you're supposed to work in a service organization for sure, then at five to nine, you don't get off work. We don't think about that. From five to nine, like I'm driving home or whatever I'm thinking about, I got to get dinner on the table. I got to go for a walk. I got to clean the kitchen. And there may be other things after that. It's like other two jobs. And then you look at nine o'clock by the time you're, again, nurturers by nature, you're, you're burnt out, like it said. But then, it's hard for us to make good decisions when we're already, you know, burnt out. 
So as a result of that, that's why we're scrolling on you know, social media. That's why we're watching a movie or that's why we're staying yeah. up too late or munching. Yeah. We're tired and we don't even get off work until nine. That's like a, what's that? Almost a 20 hour day. Yes, it is. It is. <laughs> no, it's not surprising. <laughs> no, not at all. And I think that's, that's the point, like exactly what you're making. You know, we're literally day after day after day working two jobs and that's not even to take on the weekend when we're doing housework, laundry. We want to be volunteers in the community or church. So now we're showing up for this meeting or volunteering with this organization. And then for those of us, you know, that are, you know, active in our church, we're going to church on Sunday, then out to eat or cooking on Sunday afternoon. Then it's time to prep for your work week all over again. And it's like, really? (laughs) <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, really what is going on? And that's why we are stressed. And I think women just need to be really clear about that. So there is a lot of unrealistic, I think, expectations that we put on ourselves yes. that lead to us being not only stressed, but bitter later in life, because you realize that you've served all these people yep. who go on to live their own lives. Yes. You're the catalyst for them. And that's why that's the idea of the lovely exchange is that you got to be the catalyst for yourself. Yes. You are going to have to be you for yourself. Yes. You are an empowerer. You are, a, you speak a life. Hallelujah, Kim. Like I'm around you. I always have my voice memo out and I always got my notepad. Like for real, you're speaking life. Sometimes it's hard to find people who make that lovely exchange and speak yeah. life to you, right? And so we have got to be ourselves to ourselves. And that's what that's about. Yeah. Intentional, but we don't think about it like that. No, it's funny. This morning, my son sent me this song um, and it's, let's see, I'm looking real quick on my phone. It's, um, I want to thank me. And so it's it's, um, by this girl named Jane Hancock. And it's like in collaboration with the, it's inspired by Snoop Dogg's speech. I don't know. Did you ever see that speech that he did? where he won like an award, a music award, Grammy something. And he got up and he said, I want to thank me for all my hard work and dedication. I want to thank me for never giving up on me. I want to, <laughs> he's like, I want to thank me for persevering during the hard times. I want to thank me for keep going when my haters wanted to stop. Like he went on and on. Like, you know, of course you thank everybody else. He went like down the line for like all the stuff that he did. And so she, <laughs> right? So she made a song about it that he sent me this morning. And I was like, son, you don't even know how that was right on time. <laughs> because like, while yes. we God and we do, yes, we do. our life is cooperation with God. You know, get a, getting up and serving him and serving others requires effort. It does. And there's times when you have to stop and say, look at what I'm doing you know, good and bad, like look at what I'm doing. And for the, all the energy that I'm putting out in the world, that's pretty remarkable. It is very remarkable. And I love the fact that he said that because we don't think about it like that as we put it outside. Yes. I think about the scripture that says, the Bible says, love your neighbor as yourself. And I always remember, I always tell my husband that I'm like, he assumes we're going to take care of ourselves. Yes. That's the assumption. (laughs) Assumption. For some people do that very well. Yes. Some people are really, really good about taking good care of themselves. Yes. But there's some of us who are not naturally wired like that. And most of the time it's women. 
And you so know. the whole, I want to thank me for, for that. I love that point of view because it's one we don't think about often, but it's one that God assumed. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? And one of the reasons why we have to be intentional about it is one of the things that makes anybody a good leader, but particularly women, one of the things that makes us good at our jobs is that we have become perfectionist in giving to other people. We've become perfectionist in finding out what this person needs to thrive. How can I this anticipating it? We anticipate anticipate exactly anticipating others' needs typically is the thing yeah. that makes us good at our job. So think about that. That's the thing I can hang my hat on that makes a way for me professionally. Then when I come home, the things often that my spouse or my children value about me is how I support them, Mm -hmm. right? How I'm there for them. So how? look at that conditioning. Mm -hmm. Everything in our conditioning, even as a girl, we're told be a good girl. And what does that look like? That looks like you know, deferring to other people, like doing so as a woman, we're conditioned to equate our value to what we give to others. So it is revolutionary for women, literally revolutionary for women to say, okay, that's good, but it begins with me. Right. It begins with how I take care of myself. My conditioning to anticipate needs should not negate my needs. Well, we should remix it. We should, we should anticipate our, again, a lovely exchange. We anticipate yes. our needs as well as yes. some of the needs of others. <laughs> and I say, yes. and if I'm giving to everyone, am I really serving the people I'm called to? And that was something you shared yes. uh, back in December that I'm still marinating on. So I yes. just really think that's a really good point. Anticipating our needs as, as well as some of the needs of others. Sometimes we can get a thought. We might just need to hold back because the yeah. Bible don't throw your pearls out to everybody. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So with that being said, let's turn the page to kind of like our testimony. We, we're, we've talked a little bit about you know, what is needed, what the issues are, why we end up being in these, you know, high stress places, why we end up feeling like burnout and sometimes um, overwhelmed, sometimes even a little bitter and upset at different phases in our lives. So, but with that being said, how have you been able to come to the conclusion of having like this lovely exchange and taking care of you and prioritizing you. Um, what brought you to this place? Because we already established it's not a natural conclusion for most women. So what brought you there? And then what empowered you once you were equipped and enlightened? What empowered you to then activate the lessons that God showed you? All right. There's always like a catalyst moment and then a Phoenix move. The catalyst is what happened. And like you said, the Phoenix move is what you did about it. Mm-hmm. And a few years ago, um, I, you know, I used to travel across the United, you know, the, the, the world pretty much from, it could be at, you know, what Seattle, Washington in one week and then in being Rhode Island, New York the next. And so I traveled an awful lot and I've traveled ever since I was a kid. But I started getting anxiety attacks where I would get on the plane and get up in the air and literally want to get off the plane like immediately. And I I mean, the the anxiety attacks were so bad. I'm like, what is happening? Do I need to get some equilibrium pills or something like maybe my balance is off? 
And I talked to my manager about it and we had some conversations. He was a really great manager as far as talking about like work-life balance. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to see a therapist. And it was like an employee benefit. And mm-hmm. I was going to see a therapist, this sister, man, <laughs> she was in Arlington, Texas, had these cool little glasses. I came in there and I popped in that chair and I was like, listen, I travel, you know, I'm, I'm out of town three out of four weeks every month. I've traveled. I've always traveled. So I don't have a fear of flying, but all of a sudden I get up in the air I have a tight chest. I'm, 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 I'm visibly shaken. I mean, it was bad. And I'm like, I got, this is my full-time job. Yeah. I mean, can I not fly anymore? And then she said, tell me about your family life. And I was like, what? And she just started asking me questions. And she said, <laughs> she said, <laughs> she listened to me tell her about two key relationships, one with my husband and the one with my mother. And she said, I've heard about all I need to hear. She goes, Right. And I just I had a flight the very next day. She said, you are healed right now from issues with flights. You will have no problem flying from here on out. I said, what? And she goes, I said, you're not going to give me any deep breathing techniques or any like herbal teas because, you know, I feel about herbal teas. And she was <laughs> like, no. She said, listen, you ever seen a grandfather clock? I said, yes. She said, you know, she goes, what what sound does a grandfather clock make? I said, gong, gong, gong. She said, yes. She said, your body is sending you alarm signals. She goes, right now, it's anxiety. You come back in six months, you're going to have like ulcers. Mm-hmm. Two more years from now, you might have migraines. I was like, what's wrong with me? She said, you are not managing your relationships. And I let me give you an example. I had bought these Bose headphones, the noise counseling ones. I mean, yeah. almost $200. I think I even, I don't know how I got $200, right? I bought these because every time I flew, which was again, every week, and I was going across five states, I would inevitably be sitting um, in front of people who were having a meeting at five o'clock on the morning on a red eye, which, you know, people should not do. They should not have a meeting on a plane at five o'clock in the morning. Or I would go to a hotel and it would be happen to be right by a railroad track. Like you don't see that on Google, right? Right. And so I got these Bose headphones for that purpose on the plane or in hotel so I could sleep or so I could not hear this stuff. Mm -hmm. But guess what? Guess what those headphones were when I flew out? every week where at home you know why why because we had a neighbor who had a dog and I wanted to make sure my husband didn't have to wake up and hear that dog so I would leave it for him and every single week I would leave the headphones I would sit in front of a person who had a a crying baby or whatever or I would um it would be some kind of stress right but then when I took the headphones it was always fine (laughs) And so that's an example of some of the things I was doing, right? Not standing up for myself, not just worry about putting your gifts when overextended work against you, right? Negative. And so I was doing that too much. And we started having conversations about how I could better communicate with my husband. Not that he was asking for it. I just needed to communicate with him how I needed to not stay with my mom when I went home and how I needed to help her with that. But by talking about me, not about her, just all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's around the way to answer your question. That revelation and practicing those conversations with her in my therapy sessions is what I did. I love that on multiple fronts. So let's let's like unpack that a little bit because similar to me, um, you don't realize, and therapy was a catalyst for me. So to all of our listeners, like go to therapy, like seriously, but therapy was a catalyst for me because when you're stuck in a cycle, you don't even know it's a cycle. 
Like it takes somebody looking from the outside to challenge you. Like, does that make sense? You know, when you're sitting there like, no, I guess it doesn't. Um, or would you think that was good if someone else was doing it? Um, it's like, no, that doesn't make much sense. But I think um, one of the things that you said, I'm thinking about the headphones example. It becomes so natural to give what you need. I don't think we see our our time, our energy, our efforts as a limited resource that we too rely on. Yes. Yes. I rely on it too. You know, if I don't have any energy, I can't get out of bed. If I don't have any energy, I can't breathe. I can't do what I need to do. So while I'm giving it away, I'm not thinking, well, how much of this do I need to reserve so I can? So I think about your headphones in the same way. They're literally a resource for you that you need so that you can function. When you get to your, on your job, when you get to your destination, so you can sleep and get up and be active and awake at your meetings so that you can sleep on your plane. So that when you get to your destination, you can be functional. Those headphones that's insulating yourself against outside distractions, which is what those headphones did. That was a need for you, but you gave it away so that someone else could have the same experience. (laughs) How often do we do that? Oh, we do that all the time. Time. And it's that whole, and it's funny because you did, you were doing it on a plane, which is the first thing that we always say from the plane, put the oxygen mask on yourself. Yes, I was leaving my oxygen mask at home. You were literally leaving (laughs) it at home. And we do that as women. I do, I used to do that all the time. So like in therapy for me, I realized like, I want so desperately to be a good mom. I want so desperately to be a good wife. Um, I want so desperately to be a good leader that I was constantly giving everything to that. Um, yes. I would be up to nine o'clock at night. If it wasn't work, it was making sure the kids were situated. I would spend all weekend, five hours cleaning up. Yep. Um you know, I would just, you know, so then half my weekend is cleaning up. The other half is going to this game, yeah. this game, this errand, this practice. Then Sunday I'm in church. Then we're either going out to dinner with friends or doing whatever or having dinner. Then I'm exhausted Sunday night and I'm starting yeah. all over again. Yes. I'll never forget. I had a weekend where I was doing all of that. And I literally, I think I spent five or six hours cleaning up. I ironed everybody's clothes for the week. We went to church. I was like, literally, when I laid, put my head down on the bed that Sunday night, I just was like, I can't do this. Well, the next day, my wonderful husband sent me flowers (laughs) and was like, you're just the best wife ever. And I remember looking at those flowers thinking, if I got to do this to be a good hustle for these flowers, we're all doomed. <laughs> and I know that's not the spirit <laughs> that he sent them in, but it's where I was mentally. And literally, I called him and I said, I can't do this. And I know he was thinking, that is the opposite effect I was hoping for these those flowers to have. But I called him. I said, I can't do this. We need a housekeeper. We need this. We need that. I just started listing the support I needed. And we ended up getting it. I've had one for years. But 
I well, it hit me that if the expectation is that I do this for this unforeseen amount of time, I literally didn't see myself living past you know forty five. <laughs> I was just like, I was just like forty five is gonna be it for me because that's all I got. You know. <laughs> so go back to your conversation about how it's validated. Guys yeah. love that. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was like, oh, my God, my wife's a superwoman. No, she's a very average woman who is about to die of exhaustion trying <laughs> to do all these things. So I think that really coming to the realization and, I, and when and working with clients, I can't tell you how often I see them say, and I'm sure you see this like in yeah. your industry, too. How often when we say you're doing too much or you need to delegate this or you need to take some time off. I can't tell you how many times oh, I can't do that. I can't take time off. Oh, I, I got to take care of this. Oh, I got to take care of that until you don't. And what I mean by that is when you're in the hospital, everything, people eat. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how yeah. when you're unavailable, people have meals, they figure out a way to eat. Or when yeah. you're unavailable, the whole office doesn't shut down. People keep working. Yes. Or when people get sick or they leave or they go on to another job, the industry doesn't shut down. Everybody figures it out when they have to. So why don't we take the initiative to to help them to figure it out before we're in dire straits? Let's talk a little bit about making that change. The the tension that comes. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. Yes. Oh, the yeah. The tension that comes. Mm-hmm. When you're making those changes, because you talked about changing with, um, you know, how you interact with your mom and with your husband. You know, for me, it was like saying, I, you know, back then when we first got a housekeeper, we didn't make a lot of money. So there was like budgeting that had to occur and I had to give up some things. And it wasn't easy for me to ask my husband to, you know, invest in these other areas which is why I hadn't done it up until this moment. Cause let's, let's face it. Sometimes we know what we need to do, but the reason why we don't do it is detention. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about what it's like when you evaluate, you come to this realization and now it's time to act on it. Well, that's that communication, right? So first of all, we're praying people, you know, yeah. I went to a marriage seminar once and they said, if you're going to do something, if you're going to have a crucial conversation. You need to pray before you have it. Right. Yeah. Ask God. And I do that a lot. Ask God to prepare hearts and minds. Yeah. But sometimes we'll just use my mom, for example. You know, those they, they she from the old school. And so if yeah. I'm going home to Austin and I'm not staying from her, staying with her, she's thinking her sisters and people are like, why is your daughter staying at hotel? <laughs> a hard conversation. But it, that's about her. It's not about yeah. me. So in therapy, we literally said, you know, when she asked you why you're not staying with her, you know, what do you say? Because I why are you not staying with me? Because you know, I want to stay in the hotel, but why? Because I want to, that's all you got to say. Cause you want to yeah. So that having that anticipating that tension, all this is about communication. If you're trying to sell something to somebody, you had to be prepared for the objection. If you're not, then that's crazy. Yeah. Right? So that's like sales, right? If you're going to, you're selling this idea, but here's the deal. It's not really negotiable what you're about to do or what you want. So you got to be very clear on the what you're going to do and tell them beforehand. My husband tells yeah. me that all the time. If you're going to make a change, don't tell somebody right then. Tell them beforehand, hey, I'm working on this and here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then followed by do it, right? Because yeah. if, if you don't, they're going to chomp you out because they want, they like you the way you were. So you've got to yeah. be consistent. 
So make it about you and not about them. My mom finally got it because I made it about me. It wasn't about her. Nothing. Mom, yeah. was no problem. And she got that, but it took her a while because again, she's looking at it from her point of view. Yeah. Same thing with my husband, right? And so now when he's like, the other day, Sundays, this weekend, and he's like, babe, you know, can you make some juice for me? And then he's like, oh my gosh, I want some chocolate chip cookies. And I looked at him, I was like, which one do you want, babe? You want chocolate chip cookies this coming up week or do you want your juices? He goes, thank you. He goes, I... He said, I, 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 I want the juice. He goes, way to protect your boundaries. Now, my husband's a therapist. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's for him to say those types of things because he he notices when I do that and he encourages yeah. But there's times when he does it because he's a person too. And he's like, and I'm like, dude, I can't do, I've already done these eight things today. I'm not going to do number nine. Not yeah. going to happen. But again, with him, and this is just in relationship, he's always saying, if you're going to tell me something like that, just say it nicely. Like yeah. just don't have just speak that you know the Bible says that right speak the truth and love like if you got yeah. an attitude it's kind of hard for me to adopt that I mean I got you but you yeah. don't got to be like a little salty with it right so it's our responsibility to communicate what we're going to do and then do it but yeah. also give people a heads up and then when it happens in the moment it's not as perfect then just make sure you do it with love that's that's what I found and you got to just be consistent I love that and so what I what I hear you saying is when it comes to addressing the tension that comes with change, first, you have to expect the tension. Yes. Prepare for it. (laughs) Prepare for it. Then you have to know that it's going to take time. So there will be tension Mm -hmm. and it's going to take time. Yeah. No one's going to just be like, whoa, this works. There's going to be, you know, even sometimes when people say yes, they say yes in the short term with the intention of renegotiating shortly thereafter. Yes. So that so that's what I mean by time. It's it's yeah. just because you even even though it looks like you've come to an understanding, right? Expect that it's going to take some time before that thing takes root, and then, which brings me to the next thing that you said, which is to me tenacity. We have to be prepared to continue the journey until it takes root. That's exactly right. It, that is so those changes that's what it takes to create and establish those boundaries you got to know it's going to be difficult which is why we didn't do it in the first place that's why we didn't do it in the first place with my mom but whenever i went there i was more exhausted yes, <laughs> yes. going to the hotel and then going and spend the day with her and then going back to the hotel at night and having yes. my sleep and then spending time that was different right yeah. And I love what you said about the fact that you got to be tenacious. My husband says that to me when I tell him something, like I said the other day, could you please clean out the sink when you wash the dishes, like the drain too? Mm-hmm. He was like, and I was, he said, yeah. And then I had to tell him again, he's like, babe, it's not in my muscle memory yet. Yeah. And that's what he said. It's, you know, so sometimes it's going to be maybe more of this challenging conversation that are a little bit more emotional. Yeah. Like you said, you got to give them time. <laughs> you got to give them time. So it's like, this isn't just a fluke because we also have to know part of what we've taught them is that under the right pressure, I'll go back. We, we've, we've actually taught people that. that. Oh, we've yeah. taught them that. So when you're getting ready to make a significant change, You have to say, I'm going to have to be tenacious about this. And what I like to do, whether it's at work or home, I give myself an arbitrary deadline and I don't tell anybody, but I say, so for three months, I'm just going to sing the same song. (laughs) It's like, it's like not even a thing. I'm not even caring about it. Yeah, I'm just going (laughs) to, no, not, you know, I'm going to do the same thing and then watch what happens. And usually before that three months is over, people get it. 
Because it doesn't take long for people to be like, they get tired of like pushing against the thing. So I'll just give myself a, oh, the next 60 days, the next 72 days, I'm just going to sing the same song and see what happens. <laughs> and and once you mentally prepare yourself for the fact yes. that I'm going to have to repeat myself, I'm going to have to stay, it makes it easier. So it reminds me of that scripture, no man builds a building without first counting the cost. Count. Yes the cost. Say that again for the people in the back. <laughs> Count the cost <laughs> and know that it's going to be tension. This workaround that you're looking to have, it's not going to happen. The tension, there's tension if we make the move, but the tension with us is the avoidance. And people don't realize that the avoidance is what gives us the migraines and the stomach cramps yeah. and the shoulders. It's the avoidance. It is. I, it is literally the avoidance. It's not, like you said, sometimes, you know, sometimes you're going to get a little help to find out and mm -hmm. then, you know, but either way, that avoidance, that's when it makes sure we speak to that. I'm speaking to yeah. myself too. Yeah. My, and, myself, and here's the thing. Mm -hmm. It's never going to work. See, that's the thing you got. You, we that's have the to, lie. That's the, we got to come <laughs> to the, that we believe like, but here's the, no, here's what I mean. Failure to go through is never going to work. I used to tell my kids all the time, you are going to walk in a 24 mile circle <laughs> to avoid what it would take two miles to do if you walk straight. Come on now. Yes. Like you, you're looking for this workaround. You're going to walk up 24 miles looking for the shortcut mm -hmm. when you could have just walked two miles if you went straight. Yep. And that's that's the that's the children of Israel in the wilderness. I was literally thinking of that's, that. That's yeah. literally those those types of scenarios. That's what that is. I'm looking. I'm searching. I'm searching. I'm searching for a way to get what I want without upsetting anybody. For a way to get to a new place without making any sacrifices. For a way to do something difficult, do something great without having to do anything difficult. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm looking. It yeah. does not exist. No, it doesn't. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't exist. My girlfriend wanted to be a stay-at-home wife and she wanted, she's working part-time. She really wanted to be stay-at-home with wife with her two kids. Her and her husband moved to a different state, but we're about to move to a different state, but she didn't want to go. But guess what? When she finally said yes and they moved, she was a stay-at-home mom, See? but she didn't want to move. <laughs> that is such a beautiful example because that's what happens. We don't want to move into what's unfamiliar, but we want something new. Yeah. New is is unfamiliar. Yes. So like, but it's they so, call it new territory. Yes. So <laughs> it's that thing coming to the conclusion, sitting down with yourself when you want a balanced life, when you want a better life to say that I'm going to have to give up something. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to go through something. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um to see my way out. And it's okay because relationships with my husband or my children, maybe I could have lived longer had I been willing to, in the short term, make this sacrifice so that I could have a better outcome. And I think that's that's something that we have to be true about and willing, willing to do. And then goes back to what you were saying earlier, and then find a way to make the journey enjoyable. Yes. Since we know it's going to take time, since we know there's going to be tension, since we know it's going to be tough, since we know we're going to have to, there's going to be, we're going to need tenacity. 
none of that is really attractive. <laughs> so, so at the end of the day, we're going to have to find a way to enjoy the journey. And that's what I love about what you're talking about, your work, your how you make the little moments beautiful, the little moments pleasurable from a sensory standpoint. So that those kinds of things, when you look, when you, I love when we had coffee the other day and you brought your mug and it was so cute and colorful. <laughs> you're like, no, I'm just gonna, you know, we're sitting up um, in Starbucks. You're like, yeah, here's my, like your little thing. I look, you look at it. I look at it. It's beautiful. It brings light. <laughs> like there's little things that you can do to make even the challenging experiences pleasurable. Yes. Yes. Right. Amen. Right. And that's what, even when I think about when Jesus said, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. I think what makes it easy and light is when we allow him to do the heavy lifting. Mm. When we say in those tough moments, okay, God, I'm getting ready to step out and do something different. Yeah. Letting you know in advance. In advance. I'm getting ready. He knows, but just like connecting with them before. Yeah. All the things that we're saying, if we, you know, like we, if, you know, hey, God, I'm about to go tell my husband this. Hey, God, yes. I'm about to tell my mom this. It doesn't mean, God, the Bible says not by power, not by might, mm-hmm. but by my spirit. And we don't really, I mean, we got to take advantage of that spirit part. God can go in there when the brothers are sleeping or the sisters are sleeping and say, hey. Yeah. <laughs> and prepare their heart in a way that yeah. I've really told my husband stuff. And he's been like, yeah. He goes, God told me that a couple of weeks ago, but I've been waiting for you. Like, he literally told me that. Wow. So that's the word, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit. And so God can God can help us with that heavy lifting. Yes, we got to anticipate tenacity and challenges and things of that nature. And those are real. Yeah. Yeah, we got resources available to us that, we could also tap into. We do, we do. And he longs to do it. Yes. He, he longs to do it. He longs to, to stand in the gap for us. He yes. longs to make his presence known for us. He longs to minister to us in those tough places. That's where we learn some of the biggest life lessons are in those tough places. So if we invite him in, it turns into something beautiful just by nature of walking it out with him. So that he's uh he's um he's like that basketball player, like I'm open, I'm open, I'm open. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Watch me make this work. So I love that. I love that. Well, now as we um get ready to wrap up. I think we have like inadvertently given tips um, throughout the whole experience, but let's talk about some tips that a person can make when they're trying to experience a more balanced, a more beautiful life. I would say write it out. Mm-hmm. I know we have a lot of things about our phones. Um, I'm a big proponent of analog versus digital. Mm-hmm. And so I always have like right in front of me, I have like two notepads, <laughs> like write it out, get it yeah. out of your head. And I, I wrote down the lady who had the anxiety attack in the meeting. You know, a lot of times just writing it out, what I wish I would have said, what I wish I would have did, you know, ask questions. I mean, just all the things. It's amazing. You know, the Bible says, write it down and make it plain. He's not just talking about goals. He's talking about what's in your heart. Yeah. I find I can pray even better when I'm writing it out. So I would yeah. just say write versus type. And I would say breathe. We already talked about breathing. And I would say, again, I told you, I don't say exercise. Mm -hmm. When I write things down, I say move. 
Yeah. Whatever that looks like, get moving, preferably outside in nature. And I'm going to say again, analog versus digital. That's my theme on my tips. Mm -hmm. No music, no Mm -hmm. headphones, no nothing. Get, go to a park, go somewhere where there's nature and trees. And even if it's five minutes, even if it's your backyard, I do that a lot. I'll go in my backyard and walk and then come back inside five minutes. Mm Two minutes while the water's boiling for your rice, you're cooking go outside <laughs> in your backyard. Two minutes while your tea's on, go in the backyard while you're while you're brewing your tea. Get out in nature. Um, so I would say that. Um, and then I also have um, when we just talked about it, walk and pray. But I would just say the just think analog versus digital. I live in a very quiet home. I do not have the TV on. We don't have the TV on unless we're watching it. There's no background noise. Mm. That silence is that peace that we're craving. We have access to all the beautiful things. Everything I talked about, moving, being out in nature, writing, those are free. Everyone's got a piece of printer paper. It didn't have to be yeah. a beautiful notebook. But think about how you can do that. And that's how you can, that's how I that's how I find some of this peace in the chaotic spaces um, and how I try to make things beautiful. I love that. I love that. I think when I listen to what you're saying, all those things are conduits for studying yourself. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing. You know, sometimes I even feel bad about it, but like I just turned 50 and like there's still so much. And I think for the rest of my life, I'll be discovering myself. But I will say for years, I didn't really know myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that is so important because it's like if if you're the star of your own life, in order to know how to position people, who would be good to partner with, what type of environment you need to thrive, you got to know you. Yes. That you're the the yes. you're the central character in this thing, and a lot of our a lot of the confusion, at least for me in life, was when I was pairing up with things that weren't at all aligned to me with me, but I thought I needed them, and had yes. I known myself better, strengths and weaknesses, I would have been able to then create an environment that supports me and then empowers me to do what I need to do. And the three things that you just talked about, writing it out, that's how you study yourself. All three of those things that you get, get because you were saying time with yourself. I don't think that we spend enough time with ourselves. I don't think when that whole thing and being out in nature and the creativity and the quiet reminds, gives us perspective on who we are in relationship to God's creation. It reminds us that we're a part of that creation. So I I definitely think spending some time in this next season of your life, doing the things that Tamara just said, so that you can get to know yourself. Um, So in studying yourself, the two things that I would say would be your strengths, obviously, not just your talents, but the things that really make you you the things that come natural to you, um, the things that make you happy, um, really getting to know that, but also your weaknesses, the things that drain you, the things that are the most difficult for you, so that in knowing those things, you can create support systems to compensate for it. You can anticipate. And anticipate it. I read a book about, um, it was, um, gosh, Self-Esteem and Peak Performance by Jack Canfield. And one of the things that 
was said that I'll never forget. I read this book in my 20s is that you can either spend all of your time working on the tw- your 20% of your weaknesses only to be maybe average are in those areas, or you can spend the majority of your time working on your strengths to become exceptional. Mm-hmm. And that always like hit me. Like once you know what your weaknesses are, that doesn't mean that you need to focus on correcting them. That means that you need to create an environment so that they have the minimal effect. Exactly. <laughs> you're, you're, I love the way you said that. It kind of goes back to what I was talking about, expressing yourself and, and how you engage. Yes. You know what those things are, then you can maximize them in the way you, you know, exchange with others. Right. Mm-hmm. And I like what you said to get there though, you have to, know yourself, but we wouldn't have known ourselves in our twenties and thirties. No, no. Who who were we then? Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. Things, right. Seriously. You know what I mean? And then now I think what I hear you saying is that now like to what, what we talked about, now you're tuning into yourself. Now you're listening. Yeah. Creating space for that. Or you're trying to do that. And that balances tricks and weaknesses. Not that you're going to focus on them, just that your awareness, you can anticipate how to manage them better. I and love you, that there. Yeah. And when yeah. you love yourself fully, you know your love isn't based on action. No. So when I so when I love myself fully, I it's just like you can literally just compensate for them just to know, listen, you don't want to really deal with me when I'm super hungry. So <laughs> if you're gonna try to have this meeting with me and you want prolong lunch to two, this is gonna be a really quiet meeting because. <laughs> me knowing myself knows that that angry version of me, you don't want no parts of that. I don't want no parts of that. So it's like even giving you the the tools that you need, like you were saying, preparing for stuff. My husband, when we're on a road trip, he can drive eight hours and never stop if he gets in a groove. <laughs> me, look, we got to get two hours without a snack and it's going to be real funny. So. I started I when I really realized that instead, of, but before I really realized that that was an issue, I would get upset, like, you know, just upset about random things. Yeah. yeah. And then I realized, well, girl, oh, you, have to, you got this big old purse, just pack some snacks. You'll be all right. And so, <laughs> so I started packing some snacks and those trips were so fun after that. Anticipating your own needs. Yeah. The weakness, the maximum. Yes. I love that. That's what yes. I'm talking about. That's what we that's what we gotta do in a variety of areas. I think sometimes it's just that learning ourselves, but I think it's the grace. I always tell my girlfriends, hey, you approach that with grace and gumption. Yeah. Because we gotta give ourselves a grace. Uh, only through that trial and error did you figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. You would have figured it out, but you got yeah. it now. So you know, I'll pack the snacks. So I think that's part that's part of it with what we're saying. Like spin. Be intentional about spending quality time with yourself for the purpose of really getting to know yourself, know know your God, so that you can create systems, structures, environments that bring out the best version of you. Yes. Yes. Yeah? Yes. Like, I'm like, cheers. I got my water bottle. I love it. I love it. So this has been so fun and so um, insightful. And I and I pray, I really, really pray for those that are have been listening to our conversation 
that they find um, inspiration. And definitely not the one other thing that I just feel led to say, um, and definitely not shame, because here's the thing. We are, it's an ever evolving process we have all gone through. There's seasons in our lives where things are more difficult than in other seasons. Um, nobody does walks this thing out perfectly, but we all, every new day presents a new opportunity to live better. Not perfect, but better. And so why not take advantage of it? is all we're saying. Why not take advantage? The days that you have left, there's nothing you can do about what has happened in the past except for learn from it. But the days that you have left, live them beautifully. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Amen. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you, Lord God, that you created us, that you know all about us, that your word says that you wish above all things, that um, Paul said that we, he wishes above all things that we prosper and be in good health as our soul prospers. But Jesus, you said that you came that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Lord God, even as your, your um, daughters and your handmaidens, you didn't desire for us only to serve, but you desire for us to have a satisfying life, a fulfilling life. And so, Father God, as we come into this new season as your women, we pray in your daughters, God, we pray that we can come into the fullness of your desire for us. Lord God, both um, to serve, but also to live a satisfied life, one that we find pleasure and joy and satisfaction in being your um, daughters and being your ambassadors in the earth. So Father God, I pray that you would give us a new sense to take care of ourselves, to spend time in your presence, to spend time in your world, enjoying it so that we may be able to go out and do more for you and more for the kingdom. And so we thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, I thank you for my friend, Tamara. I pray that you would bless everything that she does. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much. You are so welcome. I look forward to hearing the other side of it. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day. And I'm so glad this was recorded because I learned so much myself. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And for everyone listening, please like and share. Let us know what you think. Have a great day. Bye.